You're listening to Nick's Snacks and KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenny. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Snacks also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Nick's Snacks on 103.1, 1310 KFKA, or you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcast. Let me tell you right now, if you are listening now, uh, just give us a follow and a like. Um, would really appreciate that. Then you don't miss a Nick's Snacks. Um, you know, this show has really evolved over the last two years. Um, it really hasn't, Micah. I don't really know. It's it's basically just a glorified talk show where I have a microphone in front of me and and just get to talk to really cool and interesting people, like me, like Micah. Uh, our guest this afternoon, this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening, is going to be Christina Goletti, who is the dean of the Performing and Visual Arts School at the University of Northern Colorado. She's just started her second year as dean. Uh, with the PVA at UNC. A lot of acronyms are going to get thrown around. Um, she's not here yet, and we had to get the show started because we have an action-packed just a couple of shows uh, today. Um, but Christina will be in a little later, and it'll be great. And she's Italian, so we're going to have some some flair and some sophistication on the show that, that Micah and I just can't bring to the table. Which means I have to talk for 12 minutes um, you know, without a, uh, without a guest which is really shockingly easy for me to do. Uh, I'll go into just, uh, we're, we're finishing up, um, you know, the, the summer unofficially, I guess, ends with Labor Day. You wouldn't be able to tell by the last couple of days we've had in Colorado of a 100-degree temperature. Now that we're in September, it's just miserably hot. But at least the nights are getting cooler. And I'm a person who doesn't really care for air conditioning. That stale, dead air. I need some circulation. So I, I crank open my windows at night and, uh, and get some cool air. But, oh, those nights are getting kind of crispy and chilly. And I love it. But with Labor Day here, uh, it means the return of one of my most favorite things to do all year, and that is volunteering in the National Park Service for the Elk Bugle Corps. Um, You've heard me talk about this before. If you haven't, go back to a previous episode. Last year around this time, I had Jason Wolvington on, who's the one who got me into volunteering with Rocky Mountain National Park as a volunteer in parks for the National Park System. And uh, now, boy, it's just amazing how the world just, you know, just is the way it is. We met at a friend's wedding almost uh, probably a little over 10 years ago. And uh, we were sitting at the table and Alex had gotten up to leave and and uh, he was the he was the groom and I just look over and I say he left us. He left us, which is a line from Jurassic Park. Well, Jason looks up and says, "But that's not what I'm going to do." And we just were instant friends right there. Um, but we started volunteering together. Uh, he, he dropped my name about uh, nine years ago, actually. It was my first shift up at Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, it was the year right after the floods. Um, I'm really fortunate to have not been expe- you know, been up there when the floods hit. Um, but, uh, but started right afterwards. And you know, since then, Jason and I had been partners for the first seven years. Well, last year, after being let go during COVID from his past job, he became a volunteer, or not a volunteer, a, um, a seasonal ranger up in Rocky Mountain National Park. That does not come with a lucrative pay, um, but he was doing what he loved, you know, being out in nature. 
being a ranger, an interpretive ranger, and connecting with people and other rangers and all the magical things that happen in a, in a national park. Well, just this past couple of months, um, he actually stepped into a role that was the reason I came onto the National Park Service. Um, you know, her name is Deb, and we always just talked about Deb. Well, he took her position, so he's now like senior leadership up in Rocky Mountain National Park, and we just had our first shift this past Sunday. Normally, this time of the year, um, it's way too warm. The elk are still kind of up the mountains, up in the tundra area, because it's just a little a little toasty before the mating season. You know, they like it when it's kind of cool. They're big creatures, and there's a lot of activity, physical activity happening. Not just the coitus activity, which takes place with the elk during this rut, uh, but also, you know, the bulls chasing off other bulls, the competition, uh, them trying to corral their harems, all those cows just trying to keep as many of them together as possible. It's exhausting work. You could have an 850-pound bull starting at the at the elk rut, being the biggest bull, you know, with the largest harem, and by the end of the season, he could have lost up to 200 to 300 pounds uh, because they're chasing off other bulls. They're they're just distracted and they're not spending that time eating. Well, this past week, oh my gosh, it was our first shift. We're all a little rusty, and that goes a shout out to Rusty, um, who uh, had to take last year off. He's a core volunteer as well. Been over there for almost 35 years, I think, maybe even more, as a volunteer in the Elk Bugle Corps. He couldn't uh, last year because of some knee surgeries, uh, but we're glad to have him back. So again, we were all rusty, but glad to have. Rusty back with us. Um, had about 200 elk that were just, I mean, they were moving single file across the roadway. It was insane. Just traffic backed up and backed up and backed up. And we're like, okay, so this is the first shift of the year. Uh, we got some work to do. Well, of course, they're running toward the entrance, which is really, really busy, especially for Labor Day weekend. The park was just absolutely packed, but we had an ambulance that needed to get through. So we're dealing with the elk on one side. We don't know if they're going to cross. You know, who's leading what? The bulls are just charging around, trying to keep the harems around. Um, and we tr- we need to keep traffic free because of the ambulance. You know, we had a, we had an emergency situation. All in the while, we're not supposed to use our radios very much just so Romo can coordinate with all the rescue efforts and stuff being made. My golly, I tell you, it was a stressful shift. Um, we ended up making an, an executive decision of no cars parking whatsoever on the side of the roads. Let's keep this space clear. We don't care what happens until this ambulance gets in and gets out. Oh, what an exhausting day. Um, Fortunately, the ambulance got in without a problem, no delays. It was able to get out without a problem. Um, So then Marla and I, who've worked together for these nine years, not together, though, this was our first shift together, Um, we were partnered up because, of course, Jason and I were partners before he got off and and now has a job with the National Park Service. And Rusty and Melissa always get to work together. And Melissa always brings the best snacks. I need to have her on for a Nick's Snacks episode because she always brings the best snacks. Um, One of our favorites to have are those Cinnamon Fire Jolly Ranchers. And I haven't enjoyed Jolly Ranchers in years because every time I have one, I feel like I've just given myself three or four cavities. My teeth are sensitive and tingly. It's like I just had all that sugar sitting on my teeth for 20 minutes. Not a good feeling. But that fire, you know, it clears the sinuses up there in the mountains. Um, whew, it keeps you, keeps you, keeps you on edge um, and alert for uh, for everything that's happening up there. So that's our favorite snack to have in our pockets. You know, when we need something to to distract us for those long periods of time where we're not in our vehicles roaming around the national park. Well, uh, Marla and I were going back to our original location that day, you know, and there had been moose spottings earlier. We didn't see a moose. There was a mountain lion spotted, though, on the Cub Lake Trailhead um, or near the Cub Lake Trailhead. So, you know, folks, if you are visiting the national parks, it doesn't matter where you are. um, Wildlife is wild. 
There are dangerous animals out there that don't care who you are, what job you have, what your name is, what you drive, how much money you make. Uh, They're wild animals. There was a kid on Trail Ridge Road last week whose family was filming him feeding a female elk, and then the elk bit his fingers. Fortunately, the kid didn't lose any fingers, uh, but just to see the negligence of parents and a child feeding a wild animal. I mean, if that had been a cow, if, if that cow had been a mother this time of the year, oh my gosh, mothers are almost more fierce than the bulls are during the mating season because of how protective they are of their young. I don't, I just can't understand the human mind that they feel like the national park is a zoo and it's a petting zoo and they can just go up to any animal they want. Oh my goodness. Uh, which is what stresses us volunteers out because we have no control on the decisions of humans. We have, I think, more control about elk than we do with people. And it's just, oh, I don't get my blood boiling. I'm sorry for seeing red on the show. But um, just be mindful. Keep your distance. Even if they are approaching you, back away from them for your safety and especially for theirs. I, I, I think it's a sad thing when a, a kid gets hurt um, by a wild animal. But when an adult gets hurt, by a wild animal because an adult's doing something stupid. That's actually funny. Well, it's entertaining to watch. It's like uh, schadenfreude, you know, or that instant karma of seeing somebody get tossed around by a buffalo or a, a bison. Um, Don't I, screw with the animals. No. That, that's what people's. You're supposed to know that stuff. Sadly not. And now people are so entitled that they feel like since we are the the primary being on this planet that we own all the rights to to, to any sentient being, um, it's just, it's horrifying. People are so unpredictable and it's scary. Um, you know, and mountain lions, they they don't roar when they they're sneaking up on you. If they feel like you're a threat, you know they'll chase you off. You know, hopefully you get to see them. But if they're if they're hunting you, you're you don't know they're behind you until it's too late. It's like a velociraptor, you know. Um, but gosh, what a what a just first week in the park back. It was it was if that's the tone for this season, it could be a long elk bugle corps season. But as we're heading in and picking up our cones after blocking off some traffic, this woman waves us down and says, "Hey, I, I couldn't put my campfire out." Well, if you know what happens about two years ago uh, to the day uh, or yesterday. Well, it's been about a week. You know, we had those massive fires. I mean, I remember volunteering up there, and the smoke looked like a volcano from, uh, I think it was the Cameron Peak fire. It was insane. Um, so, you know, when you leave a campfire, make sure it's out. There's such a thing as dirt. There's dirt, there's wind, there's your own urine if you have to. So we're driving around, and or we're trying to just find— just don't light a campfire, you dummy. Uh, yes. There uh, are you... other ways to keep warm. Well, it, yo, trust me, keep it warm wasn't an issue. They were making some food. Um, you can have fires in Bring those little metal Bring food with you. Bring an MRE. <laughs> MRE, yeah. For the, uh, but you have to have marshmallows and a roasted hot dog when you're camping. You don't and have pre-prepare to. pre-prepare that. But... That's what aluminum foil is for. Fair. So we're driving around. It's after dark at this point, and we can't see anything, you know. So we, out of a whim, I just pull over where I think she might have described it. Sure enough, the first uh, uh, picnic site we found, go up there, and there's just a bunch of burning tin- timbers up there. I go, well, I'm glad. I My lucky guess, you know, we found it. So we got some water jugs out of our vehicle and, and doused it. And, uh, I mean, just a gust of wind could have taken one little, little speck of a flame and engulfed the area. It's so fragile up there. So, folks, as you're going out to experience the wildlife, wherever you might be. Don't just, be stupid. You heard it from Micah. Uh, I'll just say it a little kinder. Be mindful. Be aware. Give animals their space. And for the Pete's sake, put out your fires where, entirely wherever you might be. Or Stay throw tuned. yourself on the fire and go with it. No, because then they could catch on fire and then catch a tree on fire. 
Michael, we want to encourage positive and reinforce positive behavior. Yeah, Stay tuned. We're going to have Christina Galetti on from the University of Northern Colorado after we take a break. Welcome back to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice here in the Allo Communications studios. Nick Snacks is brought to you by 477 Distilling, located in downtown Greeley with dangerously delicious cocktails at a place where I see Christina Galetti hanging out after every Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra concert that she attends. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you so much, Nick. I was hoping that we could do an accent day today, but we would all lose compared to yours. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you do an American accent, an English accent, well, American, and I'll do an Italian. Well, you know, my I learned English in London, so I learned to say the dance and, you know, like, darling. But then I moved to to Ireland, so I was all grand and all, and then I'm here, so, and everything is awkward and awesome. So my English accent is a little all over the place. You've got a little bit of everything. And where have you lived the longest in the United States? Was it Texas? Um, Well, no. Now Texas and Colorado are 50-50 because I lived three years in... um, I lived three years in Colorado plus one year last year, so four, and I lived four years in Texas because I went to see... Can I say see Boulder? Well, I already said it. Yeah. So I That's not a curse word that you can't say on air. (laughs) (laughs) So I already went to... I went to see Boulder, so I spent three years in Boulder. Then I went to Mexico for five. Then I came back to... El Paso for four, and then I came here last year, so now Texas and Colorado are... I didn't know about CU Boulder. Yeah. See, there's layers of the Christina onion that keep getting peeled. Well, Well, it's hot in here. (laughs) (laughs) The studios are very warm. This is the moment where I take my jacket off. The layers. Um, Christina Galetti is the Dean of the School of Performing and Visual Arts at UNC, um, University of Northern Colorado here in Greeley, Colorado. Actually, fun fact, somebody just reached out to me from my undergrad in Indiana, and she is a a master's voice student at UNC and wants to get together and uh, chat from alumni to alumni to, uh, you know, how do you get involved in in the community? How do you get, you know, your career to take off? Oh, it's just so awesome to see some Manchester Spartans make their way to, to Greeley, Colorado. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you introduced me after you talked to everybody about how I hang out at 477 and after Sue Boulder. Perfect. And Perfect you know, timing. This, Thank you. Yep, exactly. It's like, okay, those are the two check marks. Okay, I just said after GPO concerts. I don't know how frequently you're there. Never. Otherwise. Only for GPO concerts. Well, we got to add more concerts to you because it's, <laughs> it's a darn good place to hang I out. Agree, I agree, I agree. What is your go-to beverage at 477? Um, I like some of their um, old fashions, and I also like the spicier, the better. So they have like a jalapeno cinnamon thing that I drank quite recently. Um, So, you know. Was that the habanero old fashioned? Habanero. Habanero cinnamon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's good. You know, when you think about drinks and the spice and and the heat that it gives off, it's surprisingly refreshing and tasty. Yes. It's not not the effect you'd think you'd have. I agree, and it wasn't too sweet. They do a great job with cocktails. I'm more of a wine person, as you know. Hello, Italy. But but yes, I, I, I really, I think they do a great job. Well, we're going to have to talk wine another time and my experiences at Skywalker Vineyards. George Lucas, he created Star Wars. I don't know how nerdy you are, Christina, but... Well, as you know, I was born on May 4th. I think May I did 4th know that. With you, and I've never seen Star Wars. I also have never seen the other one, the one with the... Um, tall, what is it, the other There's Star Wars and there's another one. Star Trek. Star Trek. How dare you not know that? 
I'm so sorry. I'm Mike, just, Mike is a Trekkie. I'm just not in that world. Like, I don't, like, you know, elf and trolls and legends. It's just like, oh, my God. They don't even have a story. Life is crazy enough is what you're saying. You don't have time for the... for the. I feel I don't have time for anything that... For any story where there's no phone or an app. There's no... F- oh, there's plenty of apps for Star Wars. I mean, there are games, there's <laughs> yeah, clubs. Story. But yeah, I've never seen it. I've never, I've never seen it. But I was born on May 4th. So. That's all right. Well, we're going to let you have that, at least. Oh, well, good thing this isn't the nerd show, Christina, because there would be people <laughs> tuning out everything that we're talking about. So, Christina, you're the dean of the PVA. You've, you've come into UNC at, a, uh, at an interesting time in the university's uh, history. Um, but a lot of fantastic changes have, have taken place over the years. Um, so I guess in, in just a little recap, what's the last year and your first year been like at UNC as the dean of the PVA? Well, um, and I have to remind you, no cussing. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm gone. Bye. Yeah, that, um, that was okay. a short segment. So that was a short segment. Well, I I think the most attractive thing about this position in PVA is really the amazing people that work at PVA and study at PVA. So we have, we're so blessed with an amazing faculty staff and the students that choose to come and bring their talent. Um, so we, so f- no matter how many, but. You know challenges we've had in the past few years. Um, the heart, the foundation of PVA are very, very solid, um, and that makes my job incredibly rewarding. Because you know, yes, we, you know, there are a few things that needs to be straightened out. But as soon as you give space for people to come to the table and really you hold that space for people to contribute meaningfully, I mean, the sky's the limit. Because you know, really, we have the best, you know, faculty, students, and and staff. Um, you know, and, and I went to see Boulder, so I have that kind of experience of, you know, being our one institution. And I would say our program are really, really good, incredibly, um, incredibly professionalizing, but also incredibly, like, you know, empathetic. Like, we, we really care about students. And, and, and I think it's, you know, we it's, it's a great college. Some of the things, of course, you know, new leadership. Um, I walked into a situation of all inter- interim leadership of all sorts of level. And now basically we have confirmed leadership in every school and also uh, in the dean's office. So Associate Dean Dr. Melissa Maldi, a school of um, theater, arts and dance, Shelly Gaza and Dr. Ann uh as director and associate director, uh, school of arts and design, Dr. Donna Goodwin, Goodwin. And for music, we have Dr. Chris Reddick as a director and Eric Applegate as an interim director, but, um, you know, very solid people that have been there for a while and really understand. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also very excited about um, the work we've done to reconceptualize our season, which I know we're going to talk a lot about. Oh, yes. But, um, you know, we really kind of reframed the whole idea of like, as a school of music and a school of theater and dance with that kind of level and a number of students, we do a whole lot of things. <laughs> and so we really spend time to clarify what is it that we're trying to get our, our community to come see and what are some curricular concerts that are very important but maybe are not the thing that we're going to push you know, in Greeley for everybody to come. We have created um, PBA signature uh, events that are linked to a thematic Season, So we have something for Hispanic Heritage Month. We have something for uh, Dia de los Muertos, for the holidays, for uh, we have some international collab- interdisciplinary collaboration between orchestra and dance. We have uh, 
San Valentine, you know, Valentine. So we have like a, a nice, like little jazz mystery concert. We have Black History Month. We have her stories. So really thinking about the season in that kind of way, and and really utilizing the the work of our ensembles to to kind of like also align with the season. That is really exciting. So I hope everybody gets a brochure. Pick up a brochure. There's also a rack card. You know, um, they're all over town. And if you go on our website, you can see all of our incredible season. And of course, our guests, which I'm sure you want to talk about. Oh, for our sure. Our collaboration with the GPO. We Do will. Do you know anything about the GPO? Not too much. Okay. You know, they say my name every now and again when the introductions of the show happens. Uh, no, Christina, it's awesome to see everything, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, so for our for our listeners, well. I guess for the students, too, having those different themes and kind of the diversity in the programming is a lot more in line with what happens in the real world, other than that kind of, I'm sorry, archaic structure that is, I would say, plagued um, arts organizations for years, uh, just because this is how it's always been done. I mean, our, our art forms have been around for hundreds of years, for centuries, and it's not as hip as, as it once was. Um, so in order to engage a wider audience, a different community, you know, I just love this programming and I love, you know, what, to see what UNC is doing. And as an alum of UNC, go Bears, uh, it's awesome to see the students having that experience so they are better prepared for the real world, that it's not going to be exactly what you intended to study if you want to make a fulfilling and wholesome career out of it. You have to adapt. You have to be diverse. You have to be, you know, quick on your feet and, and ready to take on new challenges, new opportunities, thinking outside of the box. And I think that the leadership almost all around the city now is kind of getting that way of, Let's do some things differently. Absolutely. To hear more about our collaborations and what's hot or not at UNC, I mean, everything's awesome at UNC, so uh, we'll just fill you in the best we can. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nick Snacks, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. Christina and Micah were just duking it out over football or football. And we know where Micah is. Or soccer. Yes. You said football twice. I know. Football. Like um, football, soccer. Mm. And then football, American football. I tried. My accent didn't do well enough for... Oh, are you doing an accent? Oh, sweetie. See? You know what? Maybe I could take a course or two. Duolingo is not doing it for me. Um, but we know that uh, that Micah really, truly loves the Raiders. Uh, sorry, the Broncos. <laughs> How quickly he looked at me uh, with daggers well, Sounds like the, the show's over, Nick. <laughs> Just there goes my mic. We're here with Christina Galetti, the dean of the school... School or college? College. College, college of, of Performing and, and Visual, visual Arts. arts. Um, so before we dive into our collaborations that we have coming up this year, which is going to be so amazing, um, a wonderful article published by the Tribune last week um, about our program. We'll get to that soon. Um, help our listeners to understand kind of the structure from the leadership perspective of a university. You know, we, you have the president. We have Andy Feinstein. He's been on you know shows here, I think, a few times before. Um, but how does it trickle down from there? Because you oversee all of the PVA, which has three or four different schools. Three, yes. So 
The, uh, I'm going to talk about the academic structure because that's where I kind of live, right? So the president oversees everything. So the, he would oversees academics, but also everything else that, you know, the administrative, the, uh, the student's affair, everything that happens, right? Athletics. Um, the provost, which is um, the second in command in terms of is a vice president and is the second in command academically. So basically the provost is really the the chief in command for a, all things academics. And and in this case, we have a wonderful uh, new provost, uh, Christy Fle- Dr. Christy Fleming, and he, she oversees all the deans who oversees each college. So we have uh, PVA, College of Performing and Visual Arts. We have the College of Natural and Health Science. We have the College of um, SEEBS, so Behavioral Science and Education, and uh, HSS. Uh, uh, humanities and social sciences, and Montfort, of course, College of Business. And then we have the library as well, which is part of the academic um, and the graduate school. So all of us kind of like represent our little um, mini cities. So a dean. Sixteens? Seventeens? Yes, seventeens. With the library's yes, hand, and the graduate, the graduate school. school. Yes. So we basically, each dean oversees their little. I would say like it's almost like we're the mayor of our own little city, yeah. right? And I am very lucky because uh, because utilizing this image of the mayor, I have I live this utopian fantasy of what if the world was only composed by artists. So in my little world, in my little college, you know, everybody's an artist, and so it's it's actually really fun and challenging and exciting. But my college has three schools, so each college will have different schools, right? Like the School of Natural and Science will have nursing and you know, all sorts of other things. But in PBA, we have three schools, School of uh, Music, of course, uh, School of Theater, Arts and Dance, and School of Arts and Design. So there are three distinct schools. We have the biggest footprint on campus. So we have several buildings, uh, Guggenheim, Fraser, Crab, the Annex, and of course, the Campus Common. We have this beautiful, it's not ours, but we have this beautiful performance hall that we use for all of our curricular classes and ensembles and concerts and uh, where we're going to play together with make some music with the GPO. We are. So that's fascinating. And then uh, how many students are in the PVA? So we have about 850 to 900 students uh, in the three schools, including graduates. Um, so um, and then we have about, you know, and then about like 70, 80 um, a full-time faculty and then, you know, staff. And so it's it's kind of a complex uh, operation, I would say. And because we do so many special um, things like ceramics, like, you know, photography, like uh, individual lessons for trombone to choir to, you know, like, so because we have so many individualized kind of disciplines and specialties within the discipline, we have a lot of spaces and we have a lot of people that have to help us, uh, which are under wonderful lab coordinators to with this utilization of the space it's uh, i'm glad to have been a bear i'm still a bear i think of course once a bear always a bear there you gotta go. have Lindsay crumb on she she would hang draw and quarter me around town if i did not respond properly to that um really proud to be an alum and uh we're really excited so campus commons was built oh gosh i think it was 2019 yeah three years fall. ago i mean it was ready in, in the fall of 2019 yeah. so it's under construction for i think two years beforehand and then construction Correct. delays Unfortunately, I mean, it's a state-of-the-art concert hall, too. It's just gorgeous, beautiful. Not as many seats as I would have liked to have seen, but I will not go anywhere further than that. Um, and I will not respond to that either, <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> we're going to take a break and go to the distillery I, and have it. No, I I'm wasn't just, on those plans, so, you know. Mm, yep, yeah, exactly. Um, neither was I. 
Uh, that's my little grumble. Okay, anyhow, um, we're partnering up the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the UNC Symphony Orchestra um, for the first time, at least in recent history, that, that I know of. And this will be the GPO's first performance at Campus Commons. Now, since it does have a smaller footprint, we can't have as many people there. Uh, we did open up a matinee performance, and this is largely due to, to the help of UNC in minimizing some of the rental costs we otherwise would have incurred um, by allowing uh, the symphony orchestra and their students to perform side-by-side -side with the orchestra for our overture, the Zampa overture. And even more so, it's like a, it's like a, like an Oprah show, and then, or, a, or an infomercial. But wait, there's more. Um, we're introducing Dr. Um, Felipe. Andres, Andres Felipe, Felipe Jaime. Yes. Andres Felipe Jaime. He's got three names just like me, and he's got exotic names, so it'll take me a little while Wait, to, to make sure. Wait, what's your third name? My middle name is Richard. Nicholas Richard Kenny. Oh, very exotic. Yes. There was a song one of my very best friends um, sang for me in college. Um, Nick Dickenny, Nick Dickenny, Nick Dick Deroo, because Richard can also be known as Dick. Okay. Yeah, it's an English thing. I, okay. I, you know, I lost that reference, but that's, that's okay. Fair. You know, you're so, from Italy, so that's all right. Um, let's talk about um, this incredible thing that we are introducing, Dr. Andres Felipe Jaime, but we are also honoring because it, it's the concert is happening during home week, homecoming weekend. Yes, it's honoring an alum and maestro. Oh yes, Lowell Graham. I didn't know if we were going to be allowed to talk about this or if you wanted to keep it secret. Oh. Well, well, I we mean, honoring in the sense that it's an like I think it's it's wonderful that we're bringing those two together. Oh, absolutely, yeah, right? a brand new faculty member and uh, Lowell Graham was an alum of UNC oh five decades ago. He got two degrees and he's been on the show once. We're going to have him back again when uh, he's the conductor of the Greeley Philharmonic and an alum of distinguished you know honors from UNC. He's just done so many incredible things in the world. So for this, uh, what Lowell likes to call it, a handshake, you know, just this this recognition of you know we're kind of in a symbiotic relationship. It's a very small community. It's it's a growing community, um, but for years we've all just been isolated. UNC's been doing its own thing. The city's been doing its own thing. The arts individually in the in the city have been doing their own thing. Um, so this is fantastic to give one an opportunity for the students to perform with professional musicians, for an alum of UNC to be leading the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra from from the podium now, and for a brand new bear to come in and be able to conduct his very first concert with his orchestra. Um, alongside the Greeley Philharmonic. So it's just a, a monumental moment of firsts. And even beyond that, we have Dylan Fixmer, who is the GPO's composer in residence. He's been on the show before, and he and his wife Sarah will be on in two weeks' time, right before the concert, to talk about the incredible piece that the GPO will be um, having a world premiere of a violin concerto that Dylan had written. Um, but not only that, Sarah will be performing that, and she is a faculty member at UNC. So there's just so many incredible things happening. And then there's more. Um, our finale that night is a piece, a symphony number one by Florence Price who was a female composer, which was challenging enough, a female composer in the 1930s, which was even more difficult, let alone a black female composer in the 1930s. And she was the first woman, and I think first woman of color, to be able to conduct one of the top-tier orchestras, and I think it was the uh, Chicago Symphony. Um, just an incredible piece of music, powerful, and uh, this whole concert just kind of uh, just represents diversity, and, and we call it a musical odyssey because 
anyone's journey through a, a career in music is going to be tumultuous. You will have some of the highest highs in your life and some of your lowest lows, and it's like a roller coaster ride. You're going to feel, you know, elation and then sheer terror uh, throughout that career. So it's just uh, remarkable that we're partnering up with UNC, and uh, we'll talk so much more about this collaboration, what it means for the community, what it means for the orchestra, what it means for UNC when we come back for this break. Hope you're enjoying the show. Stay tuned for more Nick's Snacks. Welcome back to Nick Snacks. I wanted to do my late night NPR voice there because I felt like it was fitting, but I only halfway did it. We're here in the Allo Communications studios. Nick Snacks brought to you by 477 Distilling, located in downtown Greeley, the official after party of any Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra concert. And you don't have to go to the after party. You can pregame there, too, before you head over to a show. You are such a well of wisdom. For your young age, I mean, you know, I, I I'm, I'm in that. awe of I'm, that. I try. I, I wasn't thinking about the pre-gaming. Yes. Thank you for opening that door. A little, little dinner, a little cocktail. If you want dinner and a cocktail, you can order food at the distillery from the Rio right next door. It's a one-stop shop. Nice. You just got to keep, you know, keep keep the doors open, which they'll be fine. But, uh, oh, gosh, great place. And as for the Nick Pour, the Nick Pour is a very healthy two-finger pour of just bourbon. <laughs> on on a rock. If it's winter time, maybe a splash of water, you know, to warm me up a little faster. But uh, gosh, love love the staff, love the atmosphere, love the community that comes together. Um, really, any day of the week, but especially when they uh, uh, after a concert with patrons, with musicians, with with uh, board members, with staff, um, with their staff. It's just a really incredible experience. Um, we're grateful to have that partnership. I agree. And grateful Some of for the best nights um, in Greeley that I've had. Oh, gosh. How many had. times have we been kicked out where they're shutting off the oh, lights? Like, yeah. <laughs> people, see, people think orchestras and, and concerts are, oh, you know, we'll just go and enjoy a concert and, no, oh, come on, let's go, uh, well, go home and, yeah, I don't know, I'm trying to think what other people think of us but we're fun we like oh to, my we, gosh we're laughing we're talking we're just we take over the space and moving chairs moving tables it's just like that scene in rent the musical where they take over the restaurant and sing la vie bohème best, best uh parties are always with musicians mm-hmm. or visual artists who also people think are very very quiet no not true oh yeah once you once you break them out of that shell oh they are the most fun. The yes, most absolutely, fun. absolutely. So September 24th and September 25th on the 24th, 7 p.m. at UNC Campus Commons. You can go to the UNC website and get tickets there or uh, ucstars.com um, from the Civic Center. You can get them both ways. Visit greeleyfill.org. We have links for tickets there to help you to get in that beautiful concert hall. And then the 25th at 2 p.m. But again, that's homecoming weekend. And it's so incredible to celebrate, um, you know, the alumni 
that uh, the, the connections Lowell and I both have from UNC and a different part of our lives crossing and intersecting at one point over a decade ago um, to, uh, to our experiences. I was in the UNC orchestra when I first started my graduate program, and I have some incredible experiences and memories. Um, the Dvorak Cello Concerto actually just sticks out when Gall played that. Oh my gosh, I love Dvorak. Um, he's just a, ooh, I get chills just thinking about my experiences. As a musician, now as an audience member, I just love it even more because, you know, I get to experience it in a different way. And then for Dr. Andres to come I, well, Absolutely. I We're so excited about it. Um, I think something that uh, as every college um, of performing in visual arts we are, we're, we're thinking of is like how do we honor our tradition and our legacy in those traditional forms like, you know, orchestra and, and, and choir and, and opera. But how we also, um, so how we expose our students in, to that and teach those kind of skills and, and that can- canon, but we also um, make sure that we, we present a full experience and we also actualize uh, what it means to be uh, an orchestra in 2022 right and so I'm super excited that Dr. Andres uh, Felipe Jaime is coming um, to he's here to conduct our orchestra he comes from Colombia he studied uh, both in Colombia and then in the US he's got a PhD from Frost and Miami um, and Master mm. T um Texas Christian University and um, and a lot of studies also in in Colombia and then he was in Colombia recently you know conducting one of their national ensembles I mean to have someone with that kind of experience and and broadness of view and and of course having a Latino uh, representing one of our main ensemble it's really really important and we're very excited uh, also very exciting is the work that um, one of our doctoral student uh, also from Colombia Colombia is in the house <laughs> Uh, uh, Jolie Masmela Gonzalez. She's also fantastic and working very dilig- diligently with the with the orchestra and side by side with Lowell in terms of like helping with the direction and conducting and 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 kind of like organizing things as well. It's very it's 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 wonderful. It's wonderful to see someone like Lowell kind of like you know working with you know this this new generation and it's it's wonderful and i'm sure it's going to be a fantastic experience for our students too so i'm very excited i'm i'm thankful thank you nick for you know approaching us and getting together and work together i know financially is very convenient for you but um i also think it's more than that and i'm really excited oh it's it's more of a financial punch doing an extra service but uh this is awesome to be able to to give opportunities that I didn't have in school, in my undergrad and my grad programs, and just seeing, wow, what we can do so much more. We can think outside the box. We can. What I love is is getting people around the table and just drumming up ideas. And yeah, a lot of those ideas, you know, as Lowell likes to say, it's like Jello. Throw it and see what sticks against the wall. Um, sometimes they don't stick. Sometimes, right. but it's, it takes that conversation and that discussion to really tap into. Wait, can we do this? Oh, I don't know. But what if we did this? And sometimes that can unlock some of the greatest ideas um, when you get those minds together. I'm actually very excited about this extra service in the 2 p.m. matinee because I think that there is an obstacle to some people to be out in the evening. And uh, I'm thinking specifically of our old elderly in this community. I I, I I am excited that they can come to Campus Common for a performance that was really conceived for them, right? Um, I, 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 just, I just think it's wonderful. It's wonderful to provide 
to make sure that the arts and what we do, whether it's with the GPO or UNC, we really have a positive impact in the quality of life of the people on, on the front range. I think that's what we miss so much. And that's been a, a point of mine for years is to try to accommodate our aging population. And I get phone calls so often of, I can't drive anymore. No one's around to take me. So I'm trying to help people get connected who can still drive. So that's why this year we have two performances at UNC. Um, and both of those have a Sunday matinee. You know, unfortunately, we can't provide that for every opportunity, every concert that we have each year. Um, but at least it's a step in the right direction because in in Weld County especially, there's a lot of wealth in, in Weld County and in Greeley. Um, and there's a lot of funds from community foundations. But they directly support scholarships and students, which is fantastic. But my challenge is, and, and Randy Morgan from the Community Foundation has said, there's very little funding for, for elderly services, senior services, and for the arts. So my, my rebuttal to that is, so we want to raise uh, really educated and smart people and then send them away somewhere else to live for their quality of life that's, that's better somewhere else because we're not investing in things that really impact our quality of life. But I think what's what's happening at UNC um, on the city level, even though it might not be as quickly as, as many of us would like to see, we are going in steps in the right direction. And to address, and you'll hear in a couple weeks, um, some of the social topics that we're going to be presenting through music uh, at this concert is just, it, it's it's going to make waves. I, so I, am I hearing you correctly saying that if I am, if I work, if somebody that is uh, listening to us is working for um, a, an older uh, senior living facility or is working for, you know, um, like any type of agency that works with older people, maybe they are interested in bringing their folks to this event and they can get in touch with you and we will make it happen, Absolutely. Right? I know I used to work in activities at, a, at, a, at an assisted living facility when I first moved out here. So I know they're always looking for ways to, to bring the residents out, to get them to experience something different because that's something they just miss so deeply. So here it's your chance. Another chance is all of our faculty uh, recitals. This year we have them on Tuesday, Taco Tuesday at 6 p.m. instead of 7.30. Again, really thinking about what kind of population are we serving. And those aren't very long, less than no, an hour. No, there's the less than an hour, and they're um, free for everybody with a UNC uh, ID, or they're $5. So very, very affordable. Very affordable. There's so much. Uh, Christina, where, what website can they go to to get all the information about UNC's activities this year? Well, uh, just Google, I, I don't, uh, just Google UNC, UNC PVA. PVA and something will happen. There we go. I, I asked the question. There we go. I, I wouldn't know it either. That's why I pivoted. Thanks, Christina, for being on Nick Snacks. We can't wait to have you on again. Tune in next week for an all new Nick Snacks. And again, in two weeks with Dylan Fixmer and Sarah Off, the brains behind the violin concerto, a world premiere. And we'll see you Saturday, September 24th or 25th for the Greeley Philharmonic's season opener. And that's our cutoff. Thank you. Thank you so much.